Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, we have a follow-up from our last episode. Inyash? Yeah, I mentioned about how the military had overturned the election in Myanmar uh, in a, a successful coup. Uh, there have been protests since then, and they started cracking down on those protests just uh, in the last day or two. Uh, as of today, there were 14, oh, not 14, 18 now, 18 dead in Myanmar protests, and they're getting worse. So that's the thing that's happening in the world. Uh, now, are these cool. people protesting the coup, or... Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that sucks. Way to start us off on a downer. Hey, no worries. It just gets worse from here. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> As we were recording last week, uh, Texas was freezing over. Yes. And uh, we didn't talk about that because it didn't seem like that big a deal at the time. Uh, but it turns out it was. Huge deal. Yeah. So uh, it froze for about a week. Um, and the big problem was power losses. Yeah. Um, there, and the, Texas, um, if you didn't know which I didn't before this, has its own power grid. Um, and there are there are apparently three power grids in the country. There's one for, like, the east, one for the west, and then Texas. And Texas can't link up to either of the other two because um, they, they just – I guess it was they didn't want to comply with federal guidelines uh, or federal regulations, so they were like, all right, well, we'll just do it ourselves. Uh, and so because of that, when their power grid failed, they couldn't get power – from the rest of the country so people there went without power for days um i i don't know if anyone went a full week without power but lots of people went several days and that is a big deal in texas because a lot of their power or a lot of the heating that they have indoors in houses is electric yeah and this was like the coldest it's been in texas in 10 years yeah so lots of people were in this like you know once a decade freezing weather without heat right it was uh, absolutely miserable yeah and uh Inia, you want to tell us a little more yeah sure um so basically the entire uh power infrastructure in, Frex in texas kind of froze over uh i guess they are not very winterized but um natural gas power plants could not get enough fuel they just didn't have the ability to transport it into the uh into the power plants and get it going. Uh, sometimes the power plants themselves froze over and couldn't, didn't work. The uh, Texas, interestingly, has the most natural power generation of any state in the country, which I was surprised to hear. It doesn't strike me as a uh, you know natural renewables state, but yeah, they have more wind and solar than any any other state. When uh, you say natural power generation, do you mean renewable? Sorry, I meant renewable. Yes. I guess okay. all power generation is natural. <laughs> or unnatural, depending on how you look at it. Sure, yes. Uh, I mean I mean there is that uh there is that human sacrifice based power generation I think we talked about on the show. Or that may just have been in the Discord. I don't know. I do not remember. Uh but yeah. Uh, it, it's just me goofing on a uh article describing how safe various uh forms of power generation are by describing them as if they were human sacrifices hmm. oh because of like um the the amount of people that die due to pollution and other uh, things yeah okay gotcha yeah um, i hope you i hope you included all the cancer from the windmills <laughs> well so so windmills are actually more dangerous than nuclear because people fall off of them no the what came after the because there is because everything is more dangerous than nuclear because nuclear is incredibly safe i yes. mean this is true uh, interestingly even nuclear went down uh there's four nuclear power plants in texas and a quarter of them one of them uh went down during the freeze because their coolant uh the coolant water froze in their cooling tower and they had to shut no it down shit yeah, yeah but but it's supposed to be cold yeah, yes. <laughs> it's not supposed to be solid, though. Let's take a moment to appreciate that your coolant got too cold is literally the best problem you can have that actually stops power generation. No, no, because so, when it gets too cold, it freezes and then it can't cool anymore. 
Yeah, but presumably if the reactor started running hot, then it would thaw, and then they'd be able to, like, get it to shut down again. You know, I, I don't... don't... <laughs> I know nothing about how nuclear plants work other than that, like, they could work a lot better. So, so here's a true story. In elementary school, uh, for science class, I ran an experiment uh, on how to stop water from freezing in cold temperatures. Okay. And it turns out there are many, many substances you can mix into water to stop it from freezing. Uh, one of the easiest is antifreeze. But even easier than that is salt. Mm-hmm. Um, does Texas not have salt? Salt at least makes water more corrosive, which would increase maintenance costs considerably. Yeah, um, it, it, it might damage the I don't the know stuff. about antifreeze, but yeah, it seems like that's a fixable problem. There, there's yeah, yeah, I mean, any of this stuff could have been winterized. There's wind turbines in Antarctica that you know run year round to give them power down there. It's just that you don't, you generally don't need to winterize things in Texas because it really never gets this cold, or extremely rarely, anyways. They, I guess, they figured it wasn't worth the cost to make these things run at these temperatures. And yeah. uh, and I was I was really sympathetic to that for a while until I I heard that. This same thing happened ten years ago. Um, they didn't. They didn't lose as much power, but they they had a comparable snowstorm. I so mean, they know it. It gets this cold there. Yeah. The question is like, how much are you willing to pay over the course of those ten years to not have this happen once every decade? Yeah. Fair. And I. I don't know. Maybe they should pay more. Honestly, but uh, that is the choice they made at the time. At any rate. Yeah. Um. Or you know. If you listen to Fox News, wh- what you would say is uh, the Green New Deal did it. Yeah, that was my favorite part of this is that uh, all the all the Republicans, including Ted Cruz, of course, um, are out there screaming their heads yeah. off about how this is this is because of windmills and solar. Uh, yeah. They failed. Well, in Ted Cruz's case, I can at least understand because he personally suffered so much <laughs> in the depredations of being frozen in his house. Uh, wh- what's that? Oh, uh, oh, he took a vacation during a massive natural disaster. Oh, that's fascinating. Did he take a vacation in Cancun? Uh, <laughs> he did. He did take a vacation in Cancun. Yep. Yeah, no, it was it was great because everybody immediately was like, "Oh, bad things are happening. Let's use this for politics." And Fox News, yeah, tried to blame it on on wind and solar, and there were some left wing outlets that were trying to blame it on natural gas, and uh, you know, the, everything went down. Like the whole system just was not weatherized. I, I think you can blame the system in general rather than trying to point at one specific thing you don't like. Yeah, and honestly, as as we were saying earlier, this may be you know worthwhile. To have this happen once every 10 years versus the cost of actually winterizing the entire electric grid. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't it, know. It sort, of, it sort of surprises me that there's no, like, emergency, you know, hookup that they can do to, like, the rest, the, the other power grids. But if they did that, then they'd need to answer to the darn government. Which, like, don't get me don't get me wrong. Making your own entire power grid just to thumb your nose at the federal government is a level of punk rock policy making <laughs> that I can totally get behind, even if it didn't work out great for them in this particular case. Yeah, I just feel like there should be, you know, like a like one safety valve that it's like, okay, if your entire system collapses. You know, we'll we'll waive the federal requirements for you know the five and three quarter inch piping or whatever the hell the federal government requires that they don't have. But that would require our civilization to be sane. That's correct. Yeah. Get, okay. Can I talk about two quick things uh, that I thought were another one of these things that make me wonder why governments exist? Eniash, yeah. you are a co-equal host of the show. You can talk about whatever you want. All right. <laughs> the first one was that uh, the governor of Texas declared an emergency uh, because, well, in part because it was an emergency, but also because there's some backup generators that they need approval from the uh, energy secretary to turn on uh, due to pollution. And it took them, uh, it was more than 12 hours for the energy secretary to come back and say, okay, but like, why didn't he just turn them on anyway? It, it, 
at some point, you got to be like, I'm doing this instead of asking permission. And if it ends up getting me in trouble later, that's okay because my people need power. I don't know. That sounds like bold leadership. Because uh, avoiding blame is like the only thing people in government care about. I mean, I think it's really dumb that it's, he's also required to get approval to to turn those on. Like, it's just dumb on both ends. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the city of Houston did this. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure all of us have lived in cold climates, right? Uh-ish. Yes. Not and really. we know that if it gets like well below Does freezing, Virginia count as cold? No, no. Okay, then no. Okay, so two thirds of us have, and the two thirds of us who have know that when it gets well below freezing, you drip your pipes overnight so that the water keeps moving, and that greatly reduces uh, the likelihood of them freezing. I actually didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Now you know. There's definitely some nights I should have done that. Luckily. Uh, I have a couple of faucets that drip all by themselves. <laughs> so problem solved. Nice. Yeah, this is in particular if you have pipes that are on outside walls, uh, run inside outside oh. walls. But yeah, the uh, that, that'll that stop them from freezing. And freezing pipes are really bad because the water in the pipe stops and then expands. And then the pipes burst and you don't have That's pipes That's chemistry. Anymore. Yes. Uh, this water city... is one of the only substances that expands when it freezes. Fun fact. It is. It's... It's more molecular physics, but okay. It's one of the recent creationists said that uh, we had to be created by God because uh, life on the Earth supposedly couldn't exist if water didn't have this property, and God made it so that water would have this property so that we could have this beautiful life. I love Thanks, how, God. like, 90% of um, creationist arguments are just, like, pure naked anthropic bias. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the reason I bring all this up is the city of Houston told people not to drip their water when the freeze was coming. This is particularly egregious in Houston because very few of the pipes are insulated in Houston. Again, because of the whole state doesn't winterize. And uh, so the... Were they they worried about people wasting water or something? I don't know the logic behind this. I guess so. Uh, Did... Did first responders need all the water? So they lied. <laughs> so the, the, the ordinary hoi polloi wouldn't use it all. Yeah, no, it was the water situation after uh, the freeze went past and all these things thought out was horrible. There were certain um, neighborhoods in Houston that had no water at all. I think it was uh, down, water in the in the general city was down by more than 40%. Uh, I mean, like 40% of people didn't have water. There was boil orders in place because you couldn't drink the water that you could get. Like, it was, it was just ridiculous. And plumbers had a really, really busy and highly lucrative month, I'm assuming. Good for them. Yeah, right. I guess. Stupid, stupid advice. All right, so Texas was a complete hellhole. Yes. Uh, but it's mostly okay now, I think. I haven't heard anything in the last few days, but that doesn't necessarily mean much because, you know, news cycle being what it is. Well, my everyone aunt, uh, lost My aunt lost was stranded anyway. in Texas, and she's back in this state, so I she assume was stranded it's fine. in Texas. Wasn't she always in the state? No, back in South Carolina. Oh. The state oh, she where was I visiting am. Texas? Yes. Oh, no, mm. that sucks. <laughs> that would be the worst time to visit Texas. <laughs> yep. Her uh, long weekend trip turned into a 10-day long vacation, and my uncle is completely codependent with her, so he just fell apart as a human being. Oh, no. During. Was she, like, actually unable to get out, or was she, like, staying to help out? Yeah, no, she literally could not leave. Why? Cars were working, weren't they? Uh, uh, She flew. Oh, I I suppose she could have rented a car, but, like, she also lives in South Carolina, so doesn't know how to drive in the snow. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, glad she's back. Yep. As a final note, it was really bad. A number of people, I think over a dozen people died, close to a dozen at any rate. And uh, when something that big kills a dozen people, that generally means that uh, you know tens of thousands at least were in absolute misery and close to that level, because... Those those were just the few people that tipped over into dead. It was a bad time in Texas for a week. Yeah, yeah. not great. All right. Well, speaking of things that are killing people, 
Uh, we're going to go into COVID news. We told you it keeps getting better. Now, this time, there actually is some good news. The FDA has just approved the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Fuck yeah! Yeah, now this, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is especially uh, exciting because it's um, lower efficacy than the other two that have been approved, but the theory is that it's because they only tested a single shot. So, in effect, what we're doing is the J&J vaccine is going to be first doses first, which is what we should have been doing with all of them all along. And then people can go back and get a second shot if, if there's, you know, inventory yeah. for that later. Right. And it'll be, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there will be in inventory at some point. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I expect that people who got the J&J shot originally will, will have at some point be recommended that they go get either a second shot of Johnson & Johnson or a shot of one of the other ones. So I heard that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is as effective as one shot of either of the other ones. And... Like, they just didn't Correct. test the second one, so that's why, since since the other right. two vaccines were tested with two shots, they can only be legally administrated, administered that way, or some shit? Well, well yep. so they uh, could be administered w with one shot. Um, it's just the FDA says they're not allowed to. Right. Like the testing's all been done. We know it. We know that it's uh, what, the, what the efficacy levels are. The FDA just says, well, you get better efficacy levels with two, so... You know, do two. So, so Johnson Johnson just got around that by not doing the test with two. Correct. They they only tested one, and so the the FDA doesn't have any any you know peer reviewed study that says that two doses work better. So they can get away with just giving one. Stupidest timeline. <laughs> yep. Um, but this is like the, I feel like this is this is like heroic by Johnson and Johnson. Yes. Because their vaccine, you know. Is sort of being looked on as the you know the less effective you know stepbrother of the good vaccines. I mean, the more significant thing is they gave up the chance to sell double the number of vaccines. Yeah, true. Although I, I feel like they're going to sell all the vaccines they produce somewhere in the world. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. Like it's it's going to happen, and eventually they might get you know they'll probably test the second shot anyway. Yeah. Uh, but they are. Uh, yeah, they just didn't test the second shot, and so that's we can do first is first, um, which is great and uh, good for you, Johnson and Johnson. Hell yeah! Um, other good news: they somebody finally approved a human challenge trial uh, in the United Kingdom. Nice. Um, some might be thinking of this as too little, too late. Yeah, do we even need uh, a challenge trial now? Uh. Not really, but, you know, better late than never. There's still things to be studying. Sure. Yeah, I am I mostly consider this one good for precedential value. Yeah. Because now there will be a cudgel to beat the quote-unquote ethicists over the head, head with next time they start reing about uh, how, I don't know, what is it they say? Um, Sanctity of human life. Ah, right, right. Preventing harm is completely different from allowing harm and no failing to prevent harm is completely different from allowing harm and therefore challenge trials are bad because these are the people we have making decisions in government <laughs> which is why Wes's troop deployment for this episode, hashtag spoilers, is completely correct. I think the really bad part is that people would get paid to take that risk, and that's just just unethical. Yeah. If you don't remember, a challenge trial is where a person takes a treatment and then is intentionally exposed to the disease. Um, in a normal trial, we give them, especially a vaccine trial, we give them the vaccine, then we say, go live your life. And, you know, sometimes they get exposed, sometimes they don't. And the for the trial to work, a large number of those people have to get exposed to the vaccine, exposed to the virus. Um, it's just that it's nature doing it, not people. So it's better or something. Uh, but UK, the UK has actually approved a challenge trial. So as David said, this is mostly exciting for precedential value. So maybe next time this happens. We can all just do challenge trials and have our vaccines in three months instead of ten. We can and, hope. Uh, Inyash, it's not just about being paid because 
challenge trials are also illegal if you only use volunteers. Oh, okay. I, I thought oh, yeah. there was... We had, we had lists of, of ten th- tens of thousands of volunteers. I was on that to list. To do challenge trials. Over. Yeah. So it was not, certainly not uh, meant to, certainly not for lack of volunteers. I wouldn't volunteer for it anymore because I don't think it's worth the risk anymore. But at the time, you know, 10 months ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is kind of COVID news. Uh, <laughs> Governor Cuomo's in trouble. Yay! <laughs> yeah, uh, How is he still been, around? Uh, well, he is the governor. They're kind of hard to get rid of. Sure. You know, not everyone can get recalled like Gavin Newsom. I don't think New York has that. Um, he is uh, in trouble for covering up nursing home deaths. Um, now, if you've been listening, uh, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that there's actually lots of worse things that Governor Cuomo has done that he should be in trouble for, that he's not in trouble for. But at least he's in trouble for something. Um, so at the beginning of the pandemic, Cuomo uh, made the brilliant decision to force nursing homes to accept COVID patients. Uh, and as we all probably remember, it COVID really got its start in nursing homes and just like devastated the populations there because they're just full of the most vulnerable people. So this is probably the worst decision a person could make. Uh, and what has come out recently is that the Cuomo administration was fudging the numbers. So it looked like fewer people died in nursing homes than actually did. Which is bonkers because it looked like a fuck ton of people died in nursing homes. Yeah. So apparently it was even more than that. Um, and I think what he was doing was counting like nursing home patients who got taken to the hospital as not nursing home deaths. Uh, and since lots of those people got taken to the hospital before they died, that really deflated the numbers. Uh, so he's getting yelled at for that. Also, uh, possibly getting me too'd. Yep. There have been several uh, accusations of harassment and assault um, leveled against Andrew Cuomo. Uh, they are moderately um credible uh, credible uh as is the typical policy for this show we are going to wait for more information before we pass judgment on whether or not they're actually true but currently i'm betting on yes um (laughs) he does seem like that kind of guy doesn't he he does also he kind of sort of confessed uh, like it was a mealy mouse sort of politician apology. Uh, mm. But I mostly bring this up to register the advanced prediction that this being the stupidest of all possible timelines, <laughs> this is what's going to bring Cuomo down and not any of the tens of thousands of murders he did in the last year. Well, as long as it's something. Not wrong. Also, vote for Andrew Yang. <laughs> yes, do that. Uh, He's not running against Cuomo. He's running for mayor of New York, not governor. But vote for Andrew Yang anyway. He's great. Yeah. Um, So other good news. uh, The the country Hungary has an actual uh, reasonable policy on vaccine approval. Um, They say they will automatically approve any vaccine that's been used by more than one million people worldwide. That's fucking brilliant. And why don't more countries have that? Because then we'd have to approve Sputnik. That's true. Um, you know, and why bother, you know, doing that uh, when the, uh, you know, the data all indicates that it works. Because we can't give any credit to the damn Ruskies. They're coming uh... here to, to violate the purity of our bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> Their yeah. vaccines uh... actually have microchips. Uh, but it seems like a very reasonable rule, and uh, I predict Hungary will do better than uh, other countries that do not approve Wes, vaccines in that manner. You, you told me this this was just the news was going to keep getting worse, but everything so far in COVID could have just gone under happy news. What? I didn't tell you that. Yeah. That was you saying that. Why? How dare you put words in my mouth and then <laughs> and to impersonate my voice so well? Uh, well, strap in, bucko, because there's more good news. Damn it. Uh, the FDA, yes, the American FDA has finally 
done something reasonable. Gasp. Gasp. They have announced that they will not require lengthy trials for updated vaccines. Oh, thank God. Uh, which means that when Pfizer and Moderna want to update their vaccine to handle the new strains, including South Africa, um, then they'll only have to do like very small safety trials, not the longer efficacy trials. Uh, which can so that means they cut the time from like the the nine, ten, eleven months that that we got the first ones in to about two or three months. Uh, still too long, but much better policy than it could have been. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to like totally beat up on the FDA because like this is a good good move on their part and good on them for doing it. But also seriously, they can eat a big bag of dicks for this not having already <laughs> been their policy. Uh, look, we all agree the FDA can eat a big bag of dicks. <laughs> Nobody's saying the FDA shouldn't eat a big bag of dicks. <laughs> We're just saying when the broken clock is right. You can say it's right. That's true. Good on them. All right, and and David, you have a story about capitalism for us that's COVID-related. Yes, this one actually came from Inyash, so a hat tip to you. Um, But I was the one who put it on the script, so I get to talk about it. Uh, So one of the vaccines, I want to say it's Pfizer, but I'm not sure, uh, needs to be kept real, real cold. Uh, the FDA, the WHO, all these big national organizations with, uh, insanely huge budgets have been running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out the logistics for this thing. Meanwhile, there's this company called Dippin' Dots that their shtick is they basically make sell these bowls full of ice cream that's flash frozen in liquid nitrogen and then it like stays in these little bubbles and they have an entire business around keeping things super duper cold and they sell these things all over the world so they have the logistics chain that these big companies needed are sorry these big government agencies needed and now those agencies are going to the Dippin' Dots Corporation on their knees to beg some of their equipment because this is the world we live in where we throw tons of money at government agencies for them to not be able to do things that fucking ice cream companies have been doing for decades. I, I, first of all, I do love the story. I, I, think, I think you're maybe over strongly wording this like it's i'm not sure they went on their knees and they were running around with heads cut off it's you know there was this great infrastructure in place and they turned to use it and i i think that's wonderful to have that sort of cooperation uh yeah but then i don't get to say bad things about the government (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i think the uh the story is delightfully silly um but also uh good good for the cdc and the who um, they should be asking Dippin' Dots how to transport things that need to be kept very cold because they have experience in that. And that's, you know, do that. That's I encourage that kind of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So to be, cl- to be clear, this is a story of the closest thing we get to governmental success nowadays. And I do actually applaud them for it. I'm just going to do it in the snarkiest, smuggest way possible. <laughs> because otherwise I lose my libertarian card. And I need to keep that at least until a uh, secret episode. Spoiler for something that we'll talk about in 15 minutes. Yep. All right. Well, Eniash, I, uh, I, uh, I take your criticism that that was far too much good news. So we're going to pivot away from COVID news and uh, we have lots more bad news to share. All right. Although this next piece of news is definitely good news. <laughs> you, you would consider this good news? Yeah. Fuck Australia. <laughs> <laughs> How stupid, dare you, sir? With their stupid marsupials. Yeah. Keep, keep, your, keep your young outside your body like normal mammals. <laughs> That's just jealousy talking. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the, anyway, what's the story in Australia for a this? Actually, this is no longer the case. But for a while in Australia, you could not share the Mind Killer on Facebook and various other social media platforms. But Facebook is the big one uh, because they put. You could also not share other news sources, but obviously the Mind Killer is the only one anyone cares about. Yeah, we're we're, we're the big boy in the room, so that's that's what everyone was talking about. Um, yes, because the any news source that was shared on Facebook, Facebook would have to kick some money over to, uh, I don't think it was that news source in particular. There was like some government agency, which was then going to distribute the money to the various news sources. I don't know. Uh, but basically, it, it, it Facebook now would have to track every single link that it goes out to, uh, that is shared by someone to uh, a news site and then pay some amount of money for for one of their users linking that and um the definition of new site was pretty broad to the to the um, point where we would be included in this most likely uh and facebook just said you know what fuck it this is stupid it's not worth our it's not worth our effort to continue doing business in australia if this is the case and so they simply turned off the ability to share news links on facebook uh, australia uh, no one in Australia could post links to news sites, and any news site that was based in Australia could not be linked to at all. And that sparked all kinds of crazy outrage. Like, apparently people were like, how dare Facebook not host the links that we demand everyone be able to host, and also we charge them for it? I don't know. It's It makes absolutely no sense to me why people were upset at Facebook for this rather than at the Australian government. Uh, but most of all, this is a great excuse to talk about this episode's sponsor, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, people, just get a VPN. Then you can ignore your stupid government doing stupid yeah. things. Yeah, I had trouble following this story because I, I I didn't get, like, what why was this law passed? And... From what from what I gathered, it was because uh, Rupert Murdoch wanted it passed. Yes, because yep. uh, because Rupert Murdoch apparently owns all of Australia's news. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, he's like, well, how come Facebook gets to post links to my news on their platform without paying me for it? That we should make that illegal, and then he did, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, that's what happened. Um, so, so is it over? Like, did the, did, did that? I guess that law never actually got passed, right? It did get passed. It was like they were threatening to pass it, and Facebook would just like preemptively did this. Well, um, as of I think it was like five days after that, they reached some kind of uh, agreement with the Australian government, and I do not know all the details of the agreement. But Facebook is like, yes, we're satisfied that the government. You know, is is addressing our concerns and everything will continue as normal. And I think that's just fucking cowardly. Fucking step out of Australia and stay out if they do this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Get out and stay out. <laughs> well, it's not like Facebook is really going to be hurt by this. It's going to be Australia that's sucking it. I meant get out and stay out. <laughs> mate. <laughs> You're not my mate, buddy. But yeah, this isn't really a thing anymore. It was just a a kerfuffle for a few days. Yeah. Uh, All right. So next story. Um, Motel chains are starting to get sued as sex traffickers. Um, And you can thank the FOSTA SESTA law for this. Thanks, FOSTA SESTA. Hang on. Sorry. FOSTA SESTA has a civil cause of action? Um, I think they're getting... Yeah. What? I think so. Uh, it might not officially have a civil cause of action, but it is that it is this is caused. It says by a federal law um, making uh, anyone who uh, uh, enables human trafficking illegal. Why are um, they but there's a whole bunch of people filing civil suits now Why? against hotel chains. Because prostitution's going on there. For this. this is the stupidest thing I've ever read. <laughs> well, what? that's what's happening. Uh, yeah, I actually learned about this on my, <laughs> my daily legal updates. Because <laughs> it was like, hey, lawyers, this is happening. You, know, you might want to get in on this. Hey, 
I have a question for you, Wes. I don't know if you'll be able yeah. to answer it, but <laughs> over is the it, what's wrong with David? Because yeah, I don't, over the sounds of David I melting. <laughs> I, uh, I knew a person who rented out a one-bedroom apartment and would do various sex work things out of that, like as an office, you know, and then go back mm-hmm. to their place, uh, you know, when they're not working. Could could that apartment complex be sued for renting out to someone who uh, was doing that in their apartment complex? Well, it really depends on whether they can uh, plausibly characterize that as human trafficking. I'm, I'm, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is the government. Anytime money changes hands and penises go anywhere, it's human trafficking. He's yeah, not wrong, but true. also, could they be sued if, I don't know, a murder was committed on their premises? Because apparently we're now letting people sue each other for committing crimes. <laughs> Which, like, I'm okay with, but can we please, like, decide whether or not we want to have a criminal justice system separate from a tort system and then stick to it, please? I mean, you're not even no. suing them for committing crimes. You're suing them for being a place where a crime was committed? Yeah. Could could we sue David's housemates for letting him smoke pot in his place? I don't have housemates. No. Well, we'll go get some so I can sue them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Only applies to, uh, to sex work. David, get some housemates and then touch their penises so I can sue them. Okay. Well, they, also, they have to... Also, they have to pay you. Ah, uh, yeah, right. That too. Yeah. I, I guess I'm now human trafficking, David. I see how this rabbit hole no, develops. Yeah, you're doing it now. <laughs> now, we, now we can sue you. Damn it. Entrapment. <laughs> um, uh, I was just trying to sue someone. <laughs> okay, so so if, if any lawyers want to explain to me how and or why Fosta and Sesta have civil causes of action, I would really love to have a professional explanation about it because this is doing me a heckin bamboozle i want to know like if these if these are successful because i think that would be a bigger deal like even just the the chilling effect of being threatened with lawsuits is bad but like if any of these succeed holy shit so i'm looking at this article now and it says that this is the law at issue here was uh the Federal Trafficking Victims Prevention Act, which may have been updated as part of FOSTA-SESTA. I'm not sure, but it might actually be a different law. <gasps> well, we can hate them both that's, equally. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just did a quick Google search, and there's a bunch of things about civil FOSTA lawsuits. Is sex trafficking somehow not a crime under this? So victims can sue. Why? Um, because <sighs> ten out of ten, perfect legal reasoning. No problems there. <laughs> I mean, because the law says that's why. I hate this so much. But yeah, apparently the theory is that motels should know that human trafficking is happening, and so they're liable. And you know, just just to steel man this, maybe this was a case where, like, it was really super obvious and the hotel employee or owner or whatever was intentionally looking away instead of calling the police. Like, you never know. Maybe that is the case. Maybe it's a legit case, and that will be discovered in court. Sure. I mean, I'm sure motel operators understand that there's sex work going on in their hotels. It's just, this is the problem of conflating all sex work with human trafficking. Yeah. Like, (laughs) there are lots of sex workers who want to do that as their as the way they make money yeah uh and these laws just assume that anyone who engages in sex sex work has been human trafficked which is ridiculous it is all right well for more bad news let's go to david yeah so uh going back to the mind killers international section uh, China is going to start requiring patriotism tests for voters in Hong Kong because, you know, they want to have government that's full of Beijing bootlickers in the Hong Kong government instead of the people that the 
populace actually voted in. And I see no well, reasons to worry about this. This is fine. This is definitely not a violation of the uh, treaty that established the one country, two systems thing. So these patriotism tests, I, I assume it's like, how much do you love China? One to ten. And anything but ten is wrong. I assume it's just like mannequins with pictures of Winnie the Pooh's face stapled to their faces. And then you just need to lick their boots. And then whoever stops licking their boots in like the 50th percentile or below is not allowed to vote. Yeah, it sounds about right. All right, cool, China. Way to oppress Hong Kong even more. Uh, reminder, uh, Hong Kongers, uh, the majority of them are eligible to emigrate to Great Britain. So if we have any Hong Kongers listening, maybe it's time to GTFO. The sooner the better. Although I'm assuming that also requires some, some assets. It's much harder to move when you're poor. True. But Hong Kongers, uh, you know, lots of them do have assets. It's true. It's a pretty rich place. Yep. All right, and uh, David has our last bad news story. Yeah, so you remember when Donald Trump put kids in cages? Boo! Boo, Donald Trump! I do Yeah, remember you that. remember when he put kids in cages and everyone was super pissed off about it? Turns out yes. this was not a principled stance against putting kids in cages. They just objected to it because a Republican was doing it. Because Joe Biden reopened literally that exact facility that everyone was pissed off about with no substantial changes to how people held there or treated. And everyone was fine with it. In fact, there was even this really gross tweet from uh, some blue checkmark journalist type that was like, oh, these facilities may look bad if you're a privileged rich white person. This was a privileged rich white person, by the way. But if you're fleeing sexual abuse or whatever, blah, 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 in Mexico, then they're probably like super cool and fine and not at all small children being held in cages. Cool. Yep. Well, at the Mind Killer, I'd just like to say that our podcast is against kids in cages. Yes. No matter who's putting them in there. The most important news source in Australia comes out against kids in cages. <laughs> brave. Brave stand. Yep. I mean, uh, you you say that like you're joking, but apparently it's true. Well, we don't have any blue check marks on Twitter, so we don't really have to worry about it. The real brave people are the ones willing to put their reputation on the line to say that there's a good reason to put kids in cages. True. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're moving on to happy news. Yay. Uh, first piece of happy news is medical in nature. Um, it is that an RNA malaria vaccine is showing promising results. Um, this is uh, some, similar to the technology that made the COVID vaccines. That was mRNA. This is some other kind of RNA, but it's a similar process. Uh, but they may have developed a malaria vaccine, uh, which would just be huge. Yeah. Um, there is already a malaria vaccine, but it's only about 30% effective. Um, and this one is showing much, much more than that. So this is, would they have gotten this as quickly if it wasn't for COVID? Doubtful. Jesus, man, that's that's kind of crazy that 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 it has these good effects despite being a terrible thing. That it has a good effect. I don't want to sound like I'm coming out pro COVID here. I mean, I think we can acknowledge that COVID has done a, you know a, a couple of good results have come from it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is yeah, this is this is awesome. Because um, if you don't know. Malaria is uh, kills a lot of people, and if we could vac develop a vaccine that's uh, that's a very effective vaccine against it, that would mean many fewer people die. Yeah. We could finally get rid of the Against Malaria Foundation once we get rid of malaria. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, judging by how other nonprofits tend to go, they'll stick around, but they'll just like start doing I don't know social justice advocacy because racism is the real malaria 
<laughs> we'll just sell wristbands. Maybe they'll move on to a different good system. The next bad disease that hasn't been fixed yet. Here's hoping. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, other good news. We had a Mars landing. Yay! Woohoo! Uh, the per- Perseverance rover landed on Mars, took a bunch of cool high-def shots, um, is currently uh, zooming around, also, studying the soil. Also took some audio recordings that are approximately the same quality as this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they're on Mars, so, so awesome. they have an excuse. <laughs> yeah. um, Mars sounds pretty boring, but, you know, give it a listen anyway. Uh, but it's cool. So it's up there studying Mars. So we might get some uh, cool new information about the red planet. I mean, so, like, the audio recording wasn't super cool just, like, as an audio recording. But also, like, we got the qualia of what it sounds like to be on Mars. And that is pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. As I was non-ironically suggesting that people listen to it because it's just cool that that's what Mars sounds like. Uh, other go- happy news. Was Eniash, was this you? Yes, that was me. All right. I don't know if I'd call this happy news, but you can tell me why why this makes you happy. Sure. So the um the God is this a token? Like is this through a Bitcoin or how do they actually? Blockchain. 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 Okay, anyways. Through the blockchain technology that exists now, uh, you can have a piece of digital art that is certified as the original, quote-unquote, piece of that digital art. Uh, The one that I saw um, sold at auction for a lot of money was the original Nancat GIF, uh, which, if people don't know, is sort of a 8-bit toaster strudel thing with a kitty on it that's flying through space with a rainbow behind it. <clears throat> and it's singing. Nya, 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 nya. Anyways, you don't need me to sing it. I'm bad at singing. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, it's exactly what it sounds there like. Was, they, uh, there, you can now sell digital art at auction and be, or more importantly, buy digital art at auction and be the one person in the world that has the official or certified original piece of that art, which has been duplicated on the internet who knows how many hundreds of millions of times. And uh, you can use that as your special uh, bragging right thing, and that's that's really. Yeah, and this basically... is not just art. Yeah. That they're doing this with, they're doing this with like sports stills, so you can like buy uh, like a, uh, a screen grab of like your you know your favorite basketball player dunking mm-hmm. or whatever, and you have like the official version. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically like it's basically like digital uh, baseball cards, mm-hmm. you know, like. It, it it kind of sounds silly to be paying for a uh, a you know a piece of digital art that you could just replicate and it's exactly the same. But you know people do that with stuff all the time. So well, they do that with that art. Like basically yeah. any art nowadays is pretty easy to replicate to almost indistinguishable quality, right? They, they, yeah, certainly you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Listener. Back in the day, when technology was, you know, brushes and and pigments on canvas, then uh, there you could say something about like this being one special piece of of art. This was the original one, you know. But but nowadays that you can duplicate anything, there's there's really no value to that. If you were to swap, to, okay. So this, uh, I don't know if anyone here has read *The Man in the High Castle* by Philip K. Dick. Uh, it's not the a very good book, in my opinion. Uh, it had a really cool idea, which went on to inspire a lot of people, which is why it's famous. But the book itself is kind of that meh. Is accurate. Yeah, uh, but there's this. That's <laughs> the correct reveal. Yeah, but there's this one cool scene in it where a guy is a seller of uh, high-end collectibles, and he has the Zippo lighter that Winston Churchill used to light a cigar after the signing of some treaty i don't even know it's in the book armistice probably yeah Uh, i don't remember the exact details but he has another zippo lighter that's exactly like it and he's talking to his girlfriend he's like can you tell the difference oh watch this and he puts them both in his hands and kind of shakes them up he's like now no one will ever know which one is the real one because these are identical and like she kind of freaks out or if i recall correctly she freaks out either that or she doesn't give a shit one or the other but then he's like, haha, just kidding. The real one has a tiny dent right here that I know about, so I actually know which one is the real one. But it did bring up the question of, like, who the fuck cares? Like, 40 years ago, Winston Tur- Churchill touched this one. Does that really make it special? Um, but th- that's basically what all art is. And Eniash, you're leaving out the best part of that yes, scene. Yes, please. Continue. Which is, he, de- he defines the quality. 
that the Churchill lighter has that the other one does not. And it is historicity. Ah, yes, yes. Because it was in a certain spot in history. Even more important, though, asking that question implies that you have something to prove, which, as you know, if you've read Scott Alexander's (laughs) posts on class and you are upper class, you do not. It's a great post. (laughs) I'm actually shocked that... uh, that that post didn't make it into the troop deployments for this week. So I have a I have a story about this actually. I'm sorry, and this is going. This is uh, Javid. You'll like this because it's about government waste. Oh, well, I love those stories. Please go on. I I once uh, was uh, helped to represent a gentleman who was in trouble for forging game worn jerseys <laughs> that he was selling as. As memorabilia. But did he just, like, get a jersey, put it on, and then, like, go for a jog around the block? Well, apparently that was this big, like, forgery ring. <laughs> <laughs> Where they would, they would take, like, jerseys and balls and other memorabilia and, and make it look like it was used in-game. And then sell it as, like, stuff that was used in-game. Apparently there's a huge market for that. <laughs> The reason this is about government waste is because they were caught by an FBI investigation. Oh, no. Which just blew my mind that this is what the FBI spends their time doing. (laughs) Making sure that the guy who thought his Yankees jersey was actually worn by his favorite player in a game, oh, turns out it wasn't. Thanks, FBI. I mean, you gotta keep the people safe from those hardened criminals. (laughs) Yeah. it's like definition of a victimless crime. Yeah, but, you know. I, I like to imagine that that's just like the training thing that they like give to the rookies so that they can like learn how to investigate forgery and other sorts of fraud <laughs> without like actually having any stakes. But probably well, like, yeah, you not. get the you get the game worn. <laughs> you get the fake memorabilia case. Do they only wear one jersey per game? Or can they, like, swap out their jersey every five minutes to... I don't know. I think they can do whatever they want. Cool. It's a good market. Yeah, though, the reason I I am happy about this sort of thing is because before this, uh, the digital art world, which is the vast majority of the working artists uh, out there, uh, was completely excluded from this because it's it's digital art. You are... Once... When you're doing digital art, you are doing working class art. Uh, no one cares about you. You'll never be big. You're just prover- providing a, you know, a commercial product, a service. And uh, now that you can actually have a certified original thing, that rockets it up into the uh, classes of, you know, high culture. I guess if we're talking about culture here, uh, high art. And uh, the I, this almost never happens to anyone. Maybe one out of a million artists will ever have anything will ever get big enough that they can sell this but it it's nice to have that to have kind of like now even the working class digital artist can have this thing to dream of that maybe someday they'll win the fame lottery and they will be able to sell an original for a million dollars uh Uh, a carrot to dangle in front of the donkey (laughs) (laughs) it's it's nice to have lotto lotto hopes (laughs) yeah all right and our last piece of happy news is from david yeah so uh my until recently home state of virginia legalized weed so i guess we know what we need to do to get a state of to legalize weed i just need to move out of it (laughs) start moving we got a lot of states to go through Yeah, yeah right um also a uh quirk of the law in washington state ended up with them accidentally decriminalizing simple possession for all drugs uh because the uh the law in question didn't have any uh sort of mens rea attached to it so like the the criminal act was having drugs on your person, not intending to have drugs on your person or God. using drugs or anything like that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a strict liability crime. You can't do that. Yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, a drug, uh, or a, uh, bleh. a judge uh, struck this crime down as unconstitutional and, um... Yeah, it's it is now for now until the legislature fixes their screw up. 
legal for uh, simple possession of all drugs in Washington State. They're probably going to re-legalize it, but that will not grandfather in all the previous people who were convicted on that who are currently have their, having their sentences vacated. So even though it won't last awesome. for, for very long, this is still an extremely good thing. All right. Um, you know, by the time you're listening to this, I imagine they will have corrected it. Oh, you think it'll be that fast? Uh, well, yeah, I would guess so. Can't have, can't have drugs legalized. That's, that's, but, you know, maybe not. With all the other things that they have to fix, they're going to focus on that one? Uh, you know they are. All right. Well, that takes us to troop deployments. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David. Okay. Uh, so my troop deployment uh, this uh, fortnight is just a plug for um, a podcast we've plugged here a couple of times. It's um, the... Uh, Bound by Oath podcast from the Institute for Justice. Um, and uh, this season, they are doing a deep dive into the history of government immunity doctrines. And uh, this latest episode was about, uh, I want to say, I, I can't remember exactly which law, but it's the section of the federal code that lets you sue state officials for um, for constitutional violations. And this is the law that spawned the uh, qualified immunity doctrine when um, various and sundry courts ruled that under color of law, which is the exact phrasing of the law, uh, does not apply when people are doing things that are illegal. And this basically de facto means you can't sue people um, who are uh, violating your constitutional rights if they are state employees because um, you can't sue them in federal court because uh, this law doesn't, or the courts say, doesn't allow for a cause of action. Um and usually in state courts, they'll get off in a grand jury. But uh, the particular phrase in question is under color of law, which uh, the episode goes into the history, which is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and I won't spoil all of it, but basically the historical meaning of the phrase color of law means when you are wearing the king's colors but not actually acting in a capacity of which the king would approve. And this goes back to a um, doctrine that's been in English common law since, like, the 1600s, which was about, like, a bail bond case. Um, uh, listen, again, listen to the episode if you want all the juicy details. Uh, but all that is to say that... Uh, whenever you see the phrase color of law in a law, that means when an official is pretending to be acting in an official capacity, but are doing something of which uh, their uh, government that employs them would not approve. And that's why qualified immunity is bullshit. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, David. Inia. Uh, my... My troop deployment this week is also going to be a podcast plug, and actually there's going to be two troop deployments for me this week, and they're both podcast plugs, so lots of podcasting for you guys. Uh, the first one is going to be the next episode of The Basing Conspiracy, which will air one week after this episode airs. It's going to be a crossover episode with The Basing Conspiracy hosts. What? Yeah, and The Mind Killer hosts. Oh my god, but one of those hosts is the same host. Yeah, that was uh, when we, Stephen and uh, and Jason, and we were talking about this. They were talking about how uh, there might be some confusion with having five uh, hosts all on at the same time. And I was like, "There's going to be six of us." And then, and then they were like, "No, you're two. You're you're one person. You're on two podcasts." I'm like, "Oh shit, you're right. I'm an idiot." But um, 
to Inuyasha. Yes, that now that that would be mwah, the best podcast. Uh, but this was sparked by the one of them wears glasses. You that I could I could pull that off. Uh, one of them was sparked by this was sparked by the Texas thing. Um, Stephen wanted to know if uh, Texas is a libertarian wonderland because they got out under the federal regulations, and so this was and how did the uh, snowstorm affect you know the whole libertarian thing and i said i don't know let's ask david and everyone has agreed so we're going to be talking libertarian stuff in uh, our next episode uh the other thing is that uh, as everyone who is cool knows uh steven re- recently wrapped up the we want more superman podcast where he was analyzing the metropolitan man with brian deacon before that he had done we want more where they uh analyze the methods of rationality his next project is going to be not everything is a clue which is co-hosted by me uh instead of brian this time hey uh, what? yeah we are going to be reading alexander wales worth the candle which uh i uh, Stephen asked me at one point hey do you want to do an analysis podcast kind of like in the style of worm and i was like yeah sure but i'm not really sure what i would do one uh, on uh in the style and... of we've got worm yes in the style of we've got worm thank you Although, I would kill to see someone try to do an analysis podcast in the style of Worm. <laughs> you, well, you might get killed in the process. Possibly. Uh, yeah, but while he was doing We've, uh, We Want More, I started reading Worth the Candle, and I really fell in love with it. And I told Stephen, I know exactly what we are analyzing, if you are down for this. And Stephen was like, fuck yeah. So yeah, that's that's what we're going to be doing next, and it's going to start... Gosh, the intro episode airs uh, on Monday, so in less than a week. Oh my god. Yeah. We're not actually going to be doing any reading or analyzing that one, we're just going to like kind of set things up and talk and get hyped about it, but... Uh, I can't I can't believe you're breaking this here. I am. This. I mean, this is the, the, the most important news source from in Australia, so yeah. That's right, and that's, uh, that's the news. That's right. All right, well, very cool. So, worth the candle is that? That's a, is that a Harry Potter fan? No, it is not. It is actually an a um, entirely. I mean, it's it's inspired by D and D and and actually quite a few things, but it is a entirely uh, not unique um, original Very universe. Cool. Original. Yeah. Oh, all right. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Eniash, and we will uh, obviously all be tuning in for those. Uh, my troop deployment this week is let's all ignore the CDC. Now, this past week, Matt Iglesias, who writes a fantastic Substack blog called Slow Boring that I highly recommend, posted an article entitled Back to Normal Means Ignoring the CDC. And he's right. In normal times, we understand that CDC guidelines are ridiculously overprotective. Now, right before recording, I googled CDC guidelines driving, and here are some of the CDC's recommendations. Avoid driving through any water. Oh no, is that a puddle? Well, I guess I'm stuck here until the sun comes up. Avoid driving when tired. Well, who isn't tired after a long day of work? Does the CDC think I'm going to sleep in my office chair? Well, that's ridiculous. I only do that during work hours. (laughs) Avoid driving when upset. Well, fine. But what am I supposed to do when driving upsets me? What if I'm in tears because I was trying to catch up to a car with a cute dog in it, but I got caught behind a slow 18-wheeler? Pull over until I get a hold of myself? Oh, that is such a mood. <laughs> Avoid other distractions, such as eating, drinking, or adjusting vehicle controls while driving. Hey, CDC, do you know how disgusting McDonald's fries get when you don't eat them right away? If I wait until I get home, it's like eating salted cardboard mixed with wet cement. Now... Clearly, in normal times, we all understand that the CDC is the overbearing helicopter parent of the federal government. Taken literally, CDC guidelines would have us ban drive throughs never drink more than two drinks per evening, one if you're a woman, cook all hamburgers until they're well done, and never eat a sunny-side-up egg again. If you're trying to be as healthy as possible without regard to any other costs, these are all good suggestions. But nobody's trying to do that except crazy people. And we shouldn't be designing our public policy to cater to the most neurotic among us. Now, as vaccinations keep rolling out, let's all take a minute to remember not just that the CDC is bad and lies all the time, it does, but also that even when the CDC is giving good advice, we don't have to follow it. Everyone gets to make their own cost-benefit analysis about what's an acceptable risk. Now, this goes double 
for after you've been vaccinated. The usual scolds, including Dr. Fauci and the CDC, are telling people that even after vaccination, you have to keep masking, distancing, and living like you have been for the past year. So let's all remember that we don't have to listen to the CDC, and we can all make our own choices about what risks to take. Personally, I'll be masking in public to help keep up social norms and to not freak people out, but in private, I feel perfectly comfortable to see friends without masks or distancing. If you have a different opinion, that's fine. You get to make whatever choice you're comfortable with, just as long as you let others make their own choices too. Here, here. All right, that's our show for this week. Uh, please follow us on all the things. Uh, please leave us reviews. Please uh, subscribe to our Patreon so you'll get our uh, our, our uh, episodes early and uh, access to bonus episodes and our exclusive Discord channel. Uh, and come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Doodles.